Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
It is going to be an awesome day today. Don't, don't reach for the radio and turn it off. I know we're in the wake of a bit of a gut, gut punch in Georgia. Everybody's licking their wounds, wondering about what's to come. We'll talk a little bit about that. I am going to tell you why what happened in Georgia is the best possible scenario. The best thing possible. I woke up this morning, had some time to think about it. I was thrilled. I'm thrilled, and I'll tell you exactly why here in a few. We're going to talk about a real mental illness creeping through our society, a legitimate mental illness we're going to have to address. The law turning against you. And we're going to talk about sombreros. We have so much on tap today, but don't don't lick your wounds in Georgia just yet until you hear what I have to say. First, though, first and foremost, time for us to take a little step back through time. You know what's wild? And it really is wild. At one point, what you know as Turkey today was the Ottoman Empire, and they were gigantic. Absolutely gigantic. I'll tell you what, we're going to do our thing right off the bat today that we've done a thousand times before. Go ahead and Google map Ottoman Empire map and pull up an image of that and just take that in. Do you realize how vast that is? That's Egypt. That's Saudi Arabia. That's, I mean, it's every, they had it all. They had it all. And you know what's crazy? The Ottoman Empire only ended about 100 years ago. You see, let's take a little step back through time and go back to World War One, pre-World War One. The Ottoman Empire was so big for so long and so powerful. I mean, this is the empire, keep in mind. We're talking about medieval times where we have Christian Europe scared to death. The Muslims are going to come in and, and, and take over everything. That's how big the Ottoman Empire was. And were it not for a battle or two here or there, they might have. They might have done it. That's what a juggernaut this place was. But there's something happens. There's something that happens to every single empire, nation, everything. Happens to all of us. Happens to you. Happens to me. Happens to Jewish producer Chris. Happens to everybody you know. Time. Time happens. And over time, things tend to wear down. The Ottoman Empire, by the outbreak of World War I, was not the Ottoman Empire they had been. They were known as, quote, the sick man of Europe. Now... Let's be clear about something, though, leading up to our little battle today, which I'm going to try to speed through because we have so much to get through in Georgia and everything else. But 
The battle today was called the Battle of Megiddo. And let's just clarify something. If you go ahead and Google Battle of Megiddo, you're going to get about 9,000 results. This is a place where battles have happened since before Christ. It's one of those ancient places. You've heard about Armageddon, right? The biblical end of all things, things like that. This is where it's supposed to take place. This is that kind of place. I have never been there personally. I've looked at pictures of it. They tell you, though, it is the perfect battlefield. Like if you had to, if you had to build a battlefield, you would build this one right here. But the Ottoman Empire, by the start of World War I, wasn't what they were. And the losses of what they were had really started slowly. Losses start slowly. Then they gain steam. Then they gain steam. And eventually you end up in one place, and that's when it's over. And I will tell you what that place is here in just a few minutes. But first, let's get to let's get to World War I. Let's get to the situation on the ground. This was the the ebb and flow of World War I. 1914, the outbreak of it. Really good year for Germany. And I realized that. Not everybody knows about World War I, but let's just be clear. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Ottoman Empire, they're all on the same side. There were some more there, too, but they're all on the same side. Not Nazis yet. And let's be clear about something else. Not the bad guys, either. I'm not saying they're the good good guys, but it's easy to it's easy to look at World War I and just lump it in with World War II and be, ah, oh, the Germans fault again. Not really. I'm not no. I don't know that it was anybody's fault. But Germany, Austria, Hungary, Ottoman Empire, same side. And remember, they all had their reasons for being on that side. Not because they're all historic friends. Some, some were, some were. They just had their own reasons. 1914. There are more. There's more than one front in World War One. The Western Front was really. T- it was in France. Germany versus France versus Britain over there. The Eastern Front was Russia. Really, the Southern Front and slash Eastern Front was the Ottoman Empire. But our battle, our battle didn't take place in 1914. Our battle took place in 1918 when things are almost done. Austria-Hungary is almost completely out of the war. They have been shattered after embarrassing themselves for four years, I should point out. Russia, by the time of our story, they're already gone too. Remember the commies took over in Russia with Germany's help? And Russia just bailed. And let's let's pause for a brief moment on that. We're not talking about that really today. But... Things really, really, really go south when you expand a disease. Germany does. Germany catches a lot of heat for a lot of reasons and some obviously justified reasons. Germany, as much as I, as you know, I love Germany. I love the German people. They don't catch near enough heat for the spread of communism. People don't realize how much 
That's Germany's fault. I'm not just talking about Marx being a German. Remember, before Russia gets out of this war, Russia's on the side of Britain. They're on the side of France. And they're doing okay for themselves. Yeah, they got slapped around a little bit in the beginning. But they're doing all right. And something else they're doing is they're forcing the Germans to send resources over to Russia to either fight them or at least keep them at bay. You can't just leave your back door open like that. The Russians will march right into Germany or right into Berlin, actually, because Berlin's so close. Well, the Germans have this grand idea. You see, they know there's this little communist uprising, nothing the end of the world, but there's this communist uprising going on in Russia. And they go track down Vladimir Lenin, who's been exiled from Russia. He's, I believe, I think if I'm, I'm doing this off, I'm only doing a side story here, so I'm doing this off of memory. I'm pretty sure he was living in an apartment above a sausage factory. And Germany does something really bad. I'll tell you what that is in a minute. And then we'll talk about Georgia and Jacob Blake and everything else. Hang on. Stocky. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Doctors trusted CBD company put in the work so you and I don't have to. And when I say put into work, they went out and they researched the whole CBD industry so they could make sure they're only selling the best on doctorstrustedcbd.com. Why does that matter? Well, a lot of people have tried CBD. Some people like it, some people don't. I've been trying it for a long time, and I'm telling you, all CBD is not the same. It's not. I wish it was, but it's not. You know, look, all food companies aren't the same, are they? This company sells something good. This company doesn't sell anything good. Some CBD companies prioritize quality, and some do not. That's why you can find things like Be Best Organics. It's made in the USA. It's USDA certified organic. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Start enjoying today. Use the promo code JESSE while you're there. That gets you 5% off and a free lip balm. I'm going to tell you why that gut punch in Georgia is actually a good thing. I'm thrilled. You'll be thrilled, too, by the time I'm done. I'm not using some twisted logic for it, either. I'm going to tell you why it's a good thing. You know, I'll give it to you right between the eyes. But first, Germany, they go and pick up Lenin, and they ship him back to Russia on purpose so Lenin can lead the communist revolution there. Now, I'm not even talking about the whole Hitler thing. But think of the damage to humanity that has done. Think what bringing Lenin back to Russia, allowing him to lead the communist revolution. Think, I mean, just in loss of life, think how bad that is. All right, sorry, Germany. I didn't mean to slap you around so much this morning, but it is, it is, it is not good. 
All right, so 1914, Germany is attacking throughout the war, 14, 15, 16. The war would go something like this. If you want to do like a real 30,000-foot view of World War I, here's how it went. It was the ultimate defensive war. And armies don't like defense. Generals don't like defense. Have you ever, uh, what's a great way to put it, a defensive coordinator in football or a new head coach, have you ever once heard a new one take over and say, guys, we're going to be less aggressive? No. It's not in their nature. It's not in a general's nature, a military commander's nature to dig in and sit there. It's just not something you do. Now, some are better at sitting there than others, but you're sitting there and you have this army and you've read all the books on uh, Hannibal and Alexander the Great and you want to be like that. Can we can we attack? I need to attack somebody. It's, 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 it, look, what's the old saying? If the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Generals want to attack. So the war, the ebb and flow of the war is... Uh, virtually impregnable defense. The opposing commander building up this huge offensive, trying to blast through the defense with varying levels of success, but almost never was it an actual breakthrough until the very end of the war. And then being so weakened by their attempts at an offense, throwing themselves against the brutal defense that the people who were on defense before just counterattack and take all the territory right back. That is World War I in a nutshell. Except down with the Ottomans. The Ottomans simply don't have the French resources, the German resources, the British resources. Remember, right when Britain got down and took on the Ottoman Empire, Gallipoli, during that whole campaign, the Ottoman Empire... They acquitted themselves very well. They gave Britain all they could handle and more. But what's that saying? I love so much. Everybody knows it by now. Marine Corps General Robert Barrow, what was it? Amateurs study tactics. Professionals study logistics. The Ottoman Empire, even with Germany's considerable help, simply did not have the resources to continue to fight off the Brits and the French. And they tried their own offensives as well. They tried to take the Suez Canal, <laughs> just like the rest of the, the, the war. They invaded, threw themselves up against their British defenders, and ran out of steam and promptly got run clear out of the country. Russia gets out, and something else begins to happen. There begins an Arab revolt in the Muslim world, an Arab revolt against the Ottoman Empire. Because let's be clear, the Ottoman Empire for a long, long, long time was viewed as the protector of Islam. Just get on my good side, you Muslims. I will look out for you. Make sure those dirty Christians don't come and crucify you all. That kind of thing. And remember, that was something that was happening for centuries on both sides. I'm, I'm not actually not pointing, pointing fingers here. Christians were fighting the Muslims forever. Muslims would invade, Christians were invade, and, and they would do terrible things to each other. Terrible things. That's a reality. So that protection, if you were a Muslim, 
meant a lot. And we're going to come back to that here in a minute. But an Arab revolt breaks out for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is somebody you may have heard of before, a man by the name of T.E. Lawrence. Yes, that T.E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, the guy they made the movie after. He was a Brit who's a British spy. And he did one of the things spies do. He went down into the Arab world. And I should clarify this. You don't really know everything Lawrence of Arabia did because he famously embellished like everything he did. He did a lot of really cool stuff. And then a lot of the stuff he says he did, he didn't really do. But one thing we do know he did was he went into the Arab world and he helped organize their revolt. Organize it, equip it, encourage it. Oh, yeah, you should absolutely go up against those Ottomans. You see, the Brits were looking for aids in the area. He's successful. Now the Brits, they're ready to perform the coup de grace on the Ottoman Empire by 1918. And the Ottoman Empire is utterly broken by this point in time. How broken are they? Well, picture this. The Brits obviously had planes. This is World War I was the first use of planes in, in battle. The Brits had planes. The Brits could fly over all the Ottoman lines and observe each and every movement of the Ottoman Empire. Do you know how many planes the Ottomans had in the air? Zero. Completely blind. The Ottomans, how broke were they? Well, they did have some anti-aircraft guns at least, so at least we can shoot down the British aircraft. Ah, about that, actually, they didn't have the resources to power the guns anymore. Yeah, hurting. So Lawrence of Arabia, and there's a lot to this battle because there's a bunch of different things. We're just not going into it all today. But Lawrence of Arabia gets his Arabs and leads them behind the lines and they attack a railway and they cut off the communications of the Ottoman army that's there. Now you're an Ottoman army. You are completely outmanned, outgunned, and you have no communication with high command anymore. This thing is only going one direction and it's going there quickly. Well, the Brits want to blow through this. They want to finish them off. They want the Ottoman empire out of the war. They begin their offensive. Only the Brits have learned some hard, bloody lessons throughout this war. Let's pause briefly on these hard, bloody lessons. Artillery in World War I. As I've told you a thousand times, there's no battle in the history of man. Spears, swords, whatever the case may be, there is no war in the history of mankind I'd want to be in less than World War I. They just... The the technology had advanced so far beyond what the generals knew how to use. It resulted in slaughter of the troops, just absolute slaughter of the troops. A horrible thing. And one of the things they were getting used to in World War One is that it's not artillery because they had artillery before that. They had plenty of cannons. I mean, Napoleon was famous for his use of cannons, but artillery that shoots what what miles. This artillery shoots miles. 
This gun is so big, it has to be brought in piecemeal on rail cars. And, well, they did something a little different with it in the beginning. Something you and I wouldn't even recognize. I'll explain what that is in a second before we talk about Georgia. Hang on. completely ready to adopt a teen for late nights writing english papers for your teen's music taste for dinners where they talk more on their phone than with you for the first time they call you mom you're never completely ready to adopt a teen and you can't imagine the reward to learn more about adopting a teen visit adoptuskids.org brought to you by the u.s department of health and human services adopt u.s kids and the ad council Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Georgia what happened there was a good thing I'll tell you what you know what I'm gonna wrap up this story here in like three minutes and then we're gonna get to it I got I have so much on my mind today Chris it's a good thing I'm going to tell you why. Hang on. But first, artillery, World War I. They got all these big guns, and they were still learning the best way to use them. And when you have something that has that kind of destructive power, and I realize most of you are never going to be in the presence of uh, an artillery show being shot, and I really hope you're never in the presence of an artillery show landing. I've had the pleasure of both, and it's not something you forget. It's awesome. I mean, horrifying, but awesome. They didn't really know how to do it in the beginning. I mean, they knew they had to aim it. They, they were working on aiming it. They would take into account, I mean, especially the Germans, of course, what a big surprise, were awesome at it. They would have to take into account the curvature of the earth. It's, it's difficult. But they would just, you know, you find where they are and let's just shoot a bunch of shells in there. By the end of the war, they had fired so much artillery, they learned there's actually a way you can use it more precisely for your gain. And the poor Ottomans, when they're on their last leg, they get to absolutely eat one of these strategies. It's called a creeping barrage. And this is what it is. Don't just sit and aim all your artillery right at the guys you're trying to fight against and just start dropping them until you run out of shells and then turn to your infantry and say, charge. They'd been doing that the whole war. Well, if you didn't blow everyone out of there, then all you guys get slaughtered. What they were doing now was called a creeping barrage. You're landing the shells 
this is a big oversimplification, but you're landing the shells essentially in a line in front of your guys. So your guys have a wall of steel as they walk in, meaning you're blowing the enemy out as your guys are walking. Your artillery blows a hole. Your guys are walking through it. Now, that's a big oversimplification because you really don't want to get that close to your guys. And more than one person in the history of mankind has died during a creeping barrage because of a shot that went bad, a commander that heard something wrong. But that's the idea. And it works on the poor Ottomans to perfection. You remember the Arabs had already gotten behind them, cut off their communications. The Brits put up this massive creeping barrage. It was this General General Allenby was his name. And he blows a hole in the Ottoman lines. And then they took cavalry, which wasn't getting used that much anymore in the war because the cavalry kept getting gunned down by machine guns goes charging through in this massive cavalry charge, encircles the Ottomans, and wipes them out. How much of the Ottoman army was left after? Zero. They estimate 6,000 survived and dispersed, but they don't even know that. It, It was just gone, encircled and wiped off the map. The Ottomans had to sign an armistice. Like I said, Austria Hungary ducked out pretty quickly after that. Germany all alone. The rest is history. You know how it went. But remember, this is a hundred years ago, a little more than a hundred years ago. The Ottoman Empire turned into just Turkey. A couple things on that. What really doomed them, yes, it was the internal rot. That, that got them big time. But you remember how I talked about them being the protectors of the Muslim world? When they stopped being powerful enough to protect the other Muslims, that's when it was really over. When the other Muslims looked around and said to themselves, well, if they can't protect me anymore, then why am I here? Explain that to me. I'm only going to stay under your umbrella as long as I'm getting something for it. I was always getting protection. If you can't give that anymore, then what good are you? That's going to apply to our country here in a second. And the second thing that's going to apply to our country here in a second Empires rise and fall. Things come and things go. The Ottoman Empire, as I already pointed out at the beginning of the show, in it, at its height, was so absurdly powerful and huge. I mean, absurd. And now it's just Turkey. But here's the thing. You know what's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with times changing. There are so many people this morning who are upset. There's so much anxiety out there. All day today, I've seen this. 
anxiety of, of what does this Senate election mean? What are the Dems going to do? I'm in a radio studio. I just went to the bathroom in a break, and I had two different people stop me and ask me, what does this mean? So much nervousness out there. What, what are we going to do? People, this is a very big deal what happened. Things are changing. They are changing rapidly. This is really bad for the country. We are breaking apart. And yes, I, I know that's going to be painful, but it's okay. We don't get to pick the period of time that God gives us to live in on this earth. What if what if disaster happens? What if it's really, really bad for two years, four years? What if it leads to you know some bloodshed, which is obviously not ideal, not what we want, but what if it leads to some bloodshed and uh, the breakup of the United States of America? Texas secedes along with Florida or something. I'm, I'm just throwing out information. What if, what if it's terrible? What if the East splits from the West? What if, what if it, Okay. Don't you want to die with some stories? Don't you want to live an interesting life? And if it does break up, if this time, 10 years from now, you live in the People's Republic of Florida, is that the end of the world? Did you think you were entitled to live in the United States of America as it stands forever? You weren't. I'm not. I want that. Obviously, that's my goal, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's okay. And you know why I'm thrilled about what happened in Georgia? I I really am. I'm not just saying that. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled because how long have you and I talked about the system, the culture war we've lost? How long have we talked about these things? How long have we talked about our cultural institutions all being rotted out by leftists from the inside now? They even took the Boy Scouts for Pete's sake professional sports, the corporate world, the the media world, Hollywood, music, the federal bureaucracy, the FBI, the military. They're they're rotting it all out from the inside. And how long have you and I talked about that forever? But here's what's crazy. You know about it. You you pay attention to political news. I know about it. I pay attention to political news. I, I read things. The average American does not. The normal, everyday, average American is going about his life thinking everything's okay and everything's as it always has been. And, well, taxes may go up a little, but we'll see. You know what we need? You really want to save this country? Or, in the very least, if we're going to break up, have a really good next country? You know what we need more than anything else? You really know? You want to know? I'll tell you what we need. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, 
your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. We're going to talk about a mental illness sweeping the country, but first... What do we need, really need, to bring this country back or to start a new one that's decent? We need people awake. I'm not saying 90% of the country has to come around and agree with you and me. That's That's not believable. It's not realistic. But how long have the 10% of us, you and I, how long have we been doing the heavy lifting? Which, that's fine. Every, every movement needs its shock troops. But we can't drag the rest of the country along. You see, people haven't really, really, I mean, the small businesses have, but people haven't really felt the pain yet. It's creeping, just like that Ottoman Empire. A little loss here, a little loss there, a little loss here. Oh, we're not trading with them anymore. Ooh, that military unit's gone. Oh, we lost that territory. That was some valuable resources. A little, a little, a little, a little. It creeps, and it creeps, and it creeps, and it creeps. And sooner sooner or later, you look around, and you're not the Ottoman Empire anymore. You're just Turkey. That's what we have right now in America. It's been this... Slow creep of leftism through each and every cultural institution in this country. But because it's a slow creep, people don't even realize it. And I've really, really seen this with the punditry on the Republican side. They'll say things that are completely leftist manipulated. And you realize it's not because this guy's a bad person. That's because... He doesn't even realize how immersed in this culture he's been. He doesn't realize how indoctrinated he's been. He doesn't. He doesn't. Your pastor, my former pastor, remember I left my church? Got up talking about white privilege after the George Floyd shooting? Or after George Floyd died, not shooting, after he died? And my pastor's doing white privilege this and white privilege that. And I attended a what white people need to know conference and blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm never going back. But in his defense, that guy doesn't know any better. That's not a bad guy. He doesn't know. He doesn't realize 
how each and everything he sees has been manipulated around him. And here's the thing. In order to have the country we want, whether it be America or our new country, I have to have that guy realize it. And I clearly am not going to be able to explain it to that guy, right? I know you have a friend or two like this. You've probably tried to talk with them, reason with them. Let me explain this. Oh, have you read this article? Hey, check this out. And no matter what you do, you're not getting through. They're not getting it. Well, that's human nature. They're not going to get it until it hits them in the face like a two-by-four. People are about to find out in the next two years especially just how surrounded and rotted our culture is. Surrounded and infiltrated by leftists and completely rotted out to the core. One of the first things Nancy Pelosi did in her new Congress was take out any gendered language. I'm not making that up. Sons, brothers, sisters, these people are insane. You remember that nutball from the other day when he finished his prayer with amen and a woman. These people are insane. But until everyone realizes these people are insane, we're never going to fix everything. And you know what? Republicans in power, they give people on the right and in the middle, they give people a false sense of security for where we are. I liked Trump's presidency. I think he was an outstanding president. But I will tell you this. One of the things, and you've heard me tell you this before, one of the things I said repeatedly during Trump's presidency, I'm really worried about him being president because it's giving people on the right this false sense that, well, it's 50-50. Oh, it could go either way. Oh, we're taking the country back. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not gaining ground. We're losing ground everywhere. Some places we've lost completely. And I'm not saying that to be a Debbie Downer. All that means is we have to have the right mentality to take them back. You're not some silent majority. Stuff that crap. Never say that to me again. You may be some kind of majority numbers-wise, but that doesn't matter. All the levers of power are controlled by the other side. All of them. And don't tell me about the Supreme Court either. Have you seen how they've been ruling? No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to save me. That doesn't mean we sit down and cry and, no, oh, I guess it's over. That means we have to buck up, buttercup, change our mentality, and watch as our fellow Americans finally start waking up to what we're facing. Well, guess what? They're about to wake up now. Senator Warnock's going to make sure of that. Hang on a sec. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. 
I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If my house is on fire, the most important thing in that moment is not getting the family out of the house. I mean, overall, that's the most important thing. The most important thing in that moment is making sure they realize the house is on fire. I can't have an argument halfway through it. That's not really on fire. I'm going back to sleep. Bring me an extra blankie. The house is on fire here. Okay. All right, we're going to have to deal with that reality. This is our period of time we have to live in. But let's make sure everyone's awake to acknowledge it. We're about to have a pretty rough two to four years here. Fine. Let it be rough. Let the people wake up. Let the people see what kind of government we have now so we can get it fixed. We can get it fixed. But we will get it fixed. All right, we're going to talk about some mental illness. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. That's 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 as much of that as I can take. Thank you, Chris. What was that? Um, that was Mitt Romney on a plane. He's just on a normal you know, civilian plane. People see him on there. Obviously, a bunch of people on the right see him on there. And you heard what they did. I'm not going to play it again because I'm so aggravated already. People. People. I'm all for dogging on Mitt Romney. I dislike him as much or more than you are, as you do. I am. Um, 
I'm all for being much more aggressive on the right than we've been. I think that get in the face of politicians stuff has been left to the leftists for far too long. It's why that silent majority stuff was always a bunch of crap. You better stop being silent. Start getting loud. Start making them hear it. They hear everything the left is upset about. There's a new protest every day. So I'm all for that too. I'm all for dogging on Mitt Romney. I'm all for yelling at politicians. Screw these people. You know what I'm not all for? Ruining somebody else's in-flight experience. I am always going to be able to compartmentalize, and you had better be able to compartmentalize too, especially now when things aren't going to go our way a lot. I I mean, listen, listen. I am never and would never tell you to stop loving your country as much as you love it. Stop fighting as much as you normally fight. I would never say something like that. But part of what makes you who you are and not a leftist is your ability to compartmentalize your life. Your work, your marriage, your everything. You compartmentalize your life. Don't let politics rule you. And don't let it rule you to the point where you're miserable and make people around you miserable. That's what your crazy Democrat aunt does on Facebook. I know you've seen them. I personally had to block my own cousin on social media. And since I blocked this absolute nutball, he dug up an email address. I didn't even get him. So that means he asked another relative for it and now sends me threatening emails. Now, I'm not worried about that. Don't worry about me. I'm not complaining, but don't become that. Don't become the rights version of that. This is somebody I've never had a crossword with, ever. Don't become that. Don't make everyone around you miserable. Learn to compartmentalize. During this next two years, four years, they are going to use their power What are they going to do with it? Oh, I don't know yet. I think you can almost undoubtedly plan on some form of gun legislation or regulation. That is is generally priority one, two, or three on the Democrat agenda. You're going to see them make the ultimate power play move, and that's them trying to make Washington, D.C. a state. Why does that matter for you? Well, all those electoral college votes are going to Democrats every single time if they pull that off. You may try to see them do the same thing in Puerto Rico, which would be a huge win for Democrats, but you'll have Republicans. You know who I'm talking about, the mealy-mouth Republicans. You'll have Republicans that are trying to be the good guy. Uh, Well, yeah, Puerto Rico should be. You'll see a lot of that. Understand this. If you don't find a way to compartmentalize politics from the rest of your life, especially during the Biden presidency with a Democrat Senate and Democrat House, you're going to be miserable. And I don't want you to be miserable. That's why we screw off so much on this show. No more being miserable. No more. 
That's why I'm going to tell you another hilarious drunken story you guys emailed me. You know what? Keep sending those in, too. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done under the influence of alcohol? This one today, I mean, I laughed, but at the same time, I did that kind of cringe thing. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, Chris? Oh, I got the willies. That gave me the willies. It's okay. Compartmentalize. And you want to dog on Mitt Romney, yell yell at Mitt Romney, please dog on Mitt Romney and yell at Mitt Romney. Don't do it when 200 other people are stuck in a gigantic metal tube just trying to get home to their loved ones. That sucks. Flying sucks bad enough as it is. Now you just became the reason it's 100 times worse. 100 times worse. There. I feel better. I feel better. I got that off my chest, Chris. Should we read this? Should we read this story? Dear sainted, all-knowing, um, omniscient, omniscient? Is omniscient a word, Chris? Chris, look this up right now on the air. O-M-N-I-S-C-I-E-M-T. I don't think, I, um, I think it was omnipotent, but that would only, that would be God. I don't know. Sombrero adorned oracle. Our one and only savior, not true, Dr. Jesse. In my long and storied drinking career, I had many dumb and stupid adventures, most of which I remember and still haunt me today. One stands out in my mind. We were at a convention in New Orleans. Already you can see where this one's going. That in and of itself can conjure up some crazy ideas in the mind. 20,000 drunken golf course superintendents Unleashed in the Big Easy. Well, it just also happened to be the beginning of Mardi Gras. Well, coming from the frozen tundra in northern Minnesota, it was a great respite. Respite, not respite. I went to community college. Shut up, Chris. Bourbon Street was calling my name each and every night. On my final night in town, we were in an especially festive mood. By 3 a.m., we were four or five sheets to the wind. I don't remember the last time I stayed up till 3 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Then the drunken munchies hit. I decided it was the perfect time for a huge, greasy slice of pizza. So standing in the middle of Bourbon Street, talking with my boys, looking and feeling like a weeble and wobbling to and fro, I dropped my pizza, of course, cheese side down. In the middle of Bourbon Street. Well, of course, oh, don't get a hell. Well, of course, the first thing that pops into my head is the five second rule. Ah, I then pounce like a soaring eagle on a mouse in a field to my cheese side down slice of pizza in the middle of Bourbon Street during Mardi Gras. I gallantly picked up that glorious piece of pizza and relished each and every bite. So now I go through life, this thing called life. I fear nothing because I survived eating my own personal piece of Bourbon Street. Oh my gosh, I'm so grossed out right now. I'm so grossed out right now. I, Brother, I know you've already thought this through. I know you have. Have you taken a moment to consider how much pee was on that pizza? 
Don't people pee in Bourbon Street, Chris? I've never actually been. I've heard. No, I've never been in New Orleans. Is it good? See, Jewish producer Chris is giving me the thumbs up. We have to have a talk about this here briefly. All right. When we get back, we're going to talk about Bourbon Street. And then I'll talk about this mental illness. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com made my life easier. And there is nothing I can say about a company that is higher praise than that. Because I'm tired of buying junk CBD. You see, natural medicines, holistic healing approaches, these things are known to help alleviate things like anxiety, sleeplessness, joint pain. And that's why I've chosen CBD. But it's hard to find the good stuff. And look, I used to be that guy. I'm not proud of it. I used to be that guy who would go buy CBD at the local gas station, at the store that just popped up on the corner, and then go home and wonder, well, this doesn't seem like it's working. Yeah, because it's not quality CBD. All CBD is not the same. At DoctorsTrustedCBD.com, you'll find things like Be Best Organics, which is made in the USA and tested every batch. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 5% off and a free lip balm. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. We're going to talk about a... Mental illness sweeping the country right now. And I have a heavy, heavy email. Golly, this bad boy is heavy. All right, you know what? We'll get to that email in a second. Let's address the Bourbon Street thing. I hate even saying this. You know know how offensive I am and in your face I am. I don't hate saying anything, and I hate saying this. I feel like I'm too old. Chris, am I not too old? Dude, now listen to me. Listen to me. Let me clarify. I'm 39. It's not as if I have some aversion to having you know some whiskey or some beer. But I don't, I don't want to be around a bunch of people. I don't, I don't want to have somebody puking on me. And I, I, don't, I don't want – look – to be totally frank, I don't want a bunch of drunk, annoying women around. Ah, I, I can't do it. I get like, look, twenty-year-old Jesse obviously enjoyed that quite a lot. Thirty-nine-year-old Jesse is all. Can you please dial that down, like about twenty notches for me? Uh, so because of that, I want to see Bourbon Street so I can say I saw it. I want to go in some. New Orleans Jazz Lounge, even though jazz totally sucks. So I can go in there and have a cocktail and say I did it, see some dude play the trumpet. I obviously want to go eat my way through the town and gain 20 pounds. That sounds awesome. But partying on Bourbon Street? Oh, look at my beads. That doesn't that doesn't appeal to me at all. Did I just make myself sound like a really old person, Chris? Okay, that actually, see, Jewish producer Chris said, 
Just go have a few drinks, walk around, listen to the music in the street. See, that would be okay. I think you know what it is, Chris? I'll tell you what it is. You've convinced me. I do need to go, but timing is everything. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it after dark before 2 a.m. Yeah, no, go. I need to go do Bourbon Street. This, I sound like the, the oldest, lamest person in the world. I need to do Bourbon Street at like 8 o'clock. <laughs> 8 or 9 o'clock. 8 or 9 o'clock, I'll do Bourbon Street. Walk around. People, I mean, I realize, I understand it's New Orleans. People are going to be feeling just fine even at 8 o'clock, but there is a monumental difference. Between 8 o'clock and 2 a.m. And no, I will not pick up my pizza should I drop it on the ground. I will tell you, though, not that I want to judge. See, this is the problem. It's a one-way conversation. It's my show. I'm about to totally judge this guy, and he can't defend himself. You're welcome to write back because I'm about to judge you for something, buddy. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com, or you can call. Anybody can call. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. What are you doing eating pizza at 3 a.m.? I have no problem eating pizza at 3 a.m. You're in New Orleans. You're telling me there's no little shrimp stand? There's no place you can grab a, a bag of Cajun crawfish? There's there's nothing New Orleans-y, if that's a word, you can you can eat at 3 a.m. I look. I'm all about the 3 a.m. Had too much to drink slice of pizza. That's not me judging you. You're in Bourbon Street, bro. You got when in Rome, man. When in Rome, I went to a, a a nice steakhouse, Sizzler, with a buddy of mine. I'm kidding. It wasn't Sizzler, but I went to a nice steakhouse with a buddy of mine a few years ago. Obviously, he was paying, or we'd be at Red Lobster, but. We go, we sit down, and I order a steak, order myself a ribeye, and he sits down and orders some fish. And I'd lost my mind. I said, what? What are you doing? He said, what? The, the fish is excellent here. I, I said, well, why aren't we at a seafood place if you're going to order fish? You don't go in a steakhouse and order the seafood unless you're getting a little crab or something on the side. You go to a steakhouse and order a steak. When I'm in a place that specializes in something, I'm going to get that something. If it's 3 a.m., Bourbon Street, I've had too much to drink, I'm going to track down some kind of Cajun specialty. Gosh, I love Cajun food. Now I'm starving, Chris. Now I'm starving. Chris, should we read this dark email? It's so dark. All right, all right. I'm going in. Jesse, Shogun, I was listening to your past two shows where you muse on the probability that there will be physical violence taken on a government official or more. I understand as having seen the results of gunshots and explosions while you have reservations about things going that way. However, I also believe that there are people here in America here who are fed up with what they see happen to America. And the only reason that no one's been capped yet is because it's so hard to get away with it. That becoming less and less of a consideration as the government keeps its boot on the neck of the citizens. It won't be a guy like me. Good. Don't hurt anybody, buddy. I make a boatload of money selling here in Washington. It will be, as you described, some cat who is tired, has lost everything, and no longer gives a beep if his own life is ended because it's already been destroyed. 
My money's on a Dem governor or a radical Dem representative, but who knows? Like I said, totally surprised it has not happened already. This is not a surprise, as you said. The people who have been allowed to lead have wrecked our country. I don't know that this leads to a full-on civil war, as you touched on yesterday with BK. Glad for your show. You put a balanced, real perspective on current events. Between you and Buck, that's plenty for a day. Really appreciate Medal of Honor Monday. Look, when when I say someone's going to get killed, I mean it. I know they are. They just are. There are so many desperate people out there. People watching their culture be ripped away from their hands. People watching their businesses be ripped away. And the normal rational person, I mean, you're listening to my voice. You're not going to do this. But the normal rational person doesn't respond lashing out violent guns. But all it takes is one who's not normal, not rational, lashing out, has too much to drink. All it takes is one to snap mentally, and then somebody's going to get hurt, and they're going to get hurt badly. You, you have a gigantic pool of people. You have a, a thousand people, a thousand people in a, in a big room, big gigantic conference room. And you find out there are four or five really, really desperate ones. Okay, it's not the end of the world. You still have the vast majority aren't something to keep your eye on. But when that number starts climbing to 20, 30, 40, 50, now that's a problem that it can be a fatal problem. We have increased the number of desperate people out there. And as I said yesterday, there is nothing more dangerous, nothing more dangerous than somebody with nothing to lose. It's just the truth of it. That's the truth of it. And that sucks. It sucks because I don't want to see anybody get hurt. It sucks because I don't want people to be at that level of desperation. And I understand I understand my background as as someone who does this for a living is different than everyone else's, but I've had some low moments in my life. I had moments, especially when I first got back from Iraq, and I was going to community college, as you know. I Look, I'm going to be frank with you. I had moments where I wanted to hurt people. I looked around and I wanted somebody to say something to me. No one would say anything to me. I'm freaking 6'8". Now we're a ball cap pulled down over my head. I mean, whether they're going to run up and body check me, but I wanted them to. I've had those moments, man. Scary thought, but here we are. All right, you are going to want to hang on to your seat for this guest. Trust me on that. Hang on. never completely ready to adopt a teen for late nights writing english papers for your teen's music taste for dinners where they talk more on their phone than with you for the first time they call you mom you're never completely ready to adopt a teen 
and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Joining me now, as he often does, I'm sure he has some opinions about Georgia last night. Buckle up for Daniel Turner, Power of the Future. Daniel, let's have your cope today of the loss. Everybody copes in their own way. How's Daniel Turner dealing with it? Jesse, I I guess I'm just kind of resigned to the fact that Ben Franklin said it's it's a republic if you can keep it. Right. I mean, he kind of knew that it wasn't going to last forever. And I think that's a little bit where I am. A a while ago, you were one of the very first, if not the first voice that talked about the elegant breakup of the country rather than a a, a gruesome civil war. Um, I have relatives who died in the civil war. I never knew them. Right. Because they died. I probably wouldn't have known them anyway. Um, I don't think America wants a bloody civil war. But I'll tell you this. What I don't want is the fact that the other side has won. And now I have to pay for the abortion of illegal immigrants who want to go to college, uh, et cetera. Like, and if you tell me that's what it means to be on the losing side, I'm going to tell you whether we're going to have to have some sort of a fight because I, I cannot be forced into, look, we used to say Democrats won, your taxes go up. Republicans won, your taxes go down. Now you tell me Democrats won and I have to absolve social justice, lesbian poetry majors of their student loan debt? Well, no. Uh, My answer to that is no, I'm not going to do it. So it's a republic if you can keep it, but I think we've lost it. Why can't we keep it? Why, 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 I I take that back. I want to rephrase that. Why didn't we keep it? What, what, what went wrong in the 30,000 foot view of Daniel Turner? Um, again, I, you know, I, I will cite Jesse Kelly by saying, if you think we, we won the Cold War, you're deluding yourselves. Um, the, the, the Republicans, the, the right, sat down for sat back for 30 years and watched the slow takeover of education, of culture, of language. Right? I mean, we've been doing the PC crap my entire life. I heard the term political correct when I was in elementary school in the 80s. I didn't know what it meant, but I heard it. Um, and we sat by him like, oh, this is nonsense. Oh, this is silly. Um, and if you did talk about the implications of what it meant, you were called a lunatic. Look, I was watching The Crown last night or the other night, and and they they were – I think the people who wrote that episode thinking they were making fun of Margaret Thatcher really did her a great honor by saying – she realized that the direction Europe was headed and said, we cannot be part of this. And her party was like, you're crazy. We got to get rid of you. 
Well, 30 years later, who was right? Right? Who's being invaded by North Africans who all want free crap? Europe, right? Who is up to debt in their eyeballs and now arresting people for Facebook comments? Europe, right? And Margaret Thatcher knew something was happening and she fought it and they got rid of her. I think there's a lot of people, and I include you as a leader of that, who are fighting things that they see happening and the establishment's like, ah, you're crazy. Get rid of it. Can we reverse it, or is this just? Are we? Are we? I, I look. I don't want to do that. We had a tough loss thing, so everything's over. But look, look. You know, I've I've said everything's over for a long time. We're just delaying the yeah. inevitable. But am I wrong? Can it be reversed? Can there be a gigantic cultural revolution the other way? I mean, they had one. Why can't we have one? I think they, there could be, but I I think sometimes the the best way to build something to go forward. Is by, is by starting again from scratch. And I think that's kind of what needs to happen. And, and look, it is happening. Where are people fleeing to? Florida, the great state of Texas, where I believe you are, right? But some of the people fleeing to those states are bringing their awful ideas with them. I have family from Jersey, as liberal, as left, as crazy as they get, who all live in the Atlanta suburbs. They moved there because their bank moved there, right? They moved there for whatever reasons, but they didn't leave their crap with them in Jersey. They took it with them. And I have cousins who will post on Facebook how awful the state of Georgia is and we need to change it. Well, they won. Congrats. You've turned Georgia into New Jersey, right? So, so I think you can rebuild it. But if, if the people who run those states don't do a good job in keeping the crap out, Texas, Florida will just turn into the places they are fleeing. I'm in Virginia. Used to be a red state. What's Virginia now? Right. We've got a Klansman as 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 the governor uh, and who wants to keep babies comfortable until the, the doctor decides to put it to sleep. Right. And that's where Virginia is. Is Virginia a red state anymore? Hell no. We always hear about places like Virginia, Georgia. They're, they were red, now they're blue. They were red, now they're blue. Okay, well, it, it stands to reason that Republicans are moving too, right? Is there any place going from blue to red? Why don't we ever hear about those places? You understand? Yeah. I, I do think this current president made some inroads. Maybe we've lost them. But, I mean, look at how he did flip blue states red for whatever reason. And they would say, well, it wasn't the Republican, it was Trump himself. But there was something that that guy did in 16 that got Pennsylvania, uh, um, even almost almost Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, to, to turn to vote for him, right? Why was that not carried out for four years? Why didn't it translate to 2020? There are lots of theories. There's lots of conversation. But the, at the end of the day, it didn't translate. So I think you can make inroads to turn blue states red. Um, but getting rid of the crazy is going to be a huge part of that. And, I, I you know, I'm, I'm a cynical uh, um, former Washingtonian. I've lived in this city for a long time. Um, there are a lot of Republicans who are happy today because establishment status quo GOP politics is good for business. It's good for them. Um, and those are the – they're a detriment, right? The Mitt Romneys, the Jeff Flakes who's gone, right, Bob Corker. Um, there's a lot of Republicans who would much rather be in the minority as a loser 
than have to fight. You know, I, I would much rather win with bloody knuckles than to lose graciously with a manicured, you know, suit. Um, but I don't think that I don't think the GOP wants that. I think they would rather lose and be gracious. I'd rather win and be bloody. Maybe that's what makes me not a Republican. Daniel, what does a Biden presidency, Democrat Senate, Democrat House mean for energy? No, I don't think they're going to pass some massive Green New Deal, but they might. But what will they pass or try to do? No, Well, you know, the, the biggest thing people keep saying on Twitter, on social media, well, 50-50 Senate, you're not going to get much done. People forget the power of those committee chairs. Joe Biden said on the campaign trail, now he also called his sister his wife, so you can't take everything he says for fact, but he said on the campaign trail he wants to hold fossil, fossil fuel executives criminally liable for what they have done to the environment. If, if you're the Senate uh, chairman of, of the Committee on Natural Resources, which could be Sheldon Whitehouse, who is as crazy as they come, why aren't you hauling the, the head of ExxonMobil, the head of Chevron, before the committee, right? Why aren't you asking for an investigation and discovery into all of their emails and to all of their – so that's what happens to the energy industry. These people will run very powerful committee with subpoena power, with discovery power, and they will begin to criminally – will they? Well, that's what Joe Biden said he wants to happen. So that's my concern for the energy industry. Deb Holland. She's nominated to be Secretary of Interior, radical uh, Native American rights activist. This is sacred land, stolen land, stolen by white people. She's going to control one-fifth of the land of this country. If she decides you can't drill for oil or gas or mine for coal, she has that power. Well, that's who won the election. Election have consequences. So good luck trying to keep energy prices low when Deb Holland thinks that you don't have a right to drill for oil or gas or work in coal. The fact that I've met Navajo coal miners in northwest New Mexico who have lost their jobs because of people like Deb Holland doesn't mean crap, right? She doesn't really care about Native Americans. She cares about power. All the left cares about is power. Daniel Turner, thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate you. I'm happy to have me on, right? Such great news, Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is, my brother. (laughs) All right. God bless. We're finally going to address this mental illness. Hang on. Listen, Captain. The Jesse Kelly Show. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
as interim president pro tempore of the Senate, a motion has been made to invoke Section 576 of Mason's Manual, a legislative procedure to replace the Lieutenant Governor President, who has refused to perform Mr. the duty. President, I am in totally accordance with the Senate this. powers under it is Article not 2 of the Pennsylvania Senate. Constitution. It is not being acquiesced. We are not changing the process. Section the Chair changing the rules as we move along. Replace the Lieutenant that is Governor with the interim President You are breaking the Constitution and the laws the of the Commonwealth and violating the old laws you've actually taken. There's nothing about this day that is appropriate. Nothing. And we will not lay down and roll over because you got more, four, more, four, four more folks on that side of the aisle. This is about Pennsylvanians, not Democrats or Republicans. This is not about simply winning. It's about protecting our democracy. That's what this is. Aye. Arnold. Aye. Almond. Aye. There's no roll call vote, Mr. President. It has not been acknowledged. It has Baker. not been recognized. It is inappropriate to uh, do such. Aye. We will not participate in this farce. Bartolotta. Aye. Williams, Anthony H. Mr. President, I don't know what the hell we're doing. I'm not sure why we're voting. We've crossed the bridge. We've broken all sorts of rules today. I don't know what we're saying yes to or no to because this is a violation of the process. The gentleman who sits in the, in the, in the podium, the rostrum, is still the presiding Since officer Anthony of the Senate. H. And any such indication of otherwise is obviously a takeover of the government. That is totally inappropriate Williams, against the Anthony violation of their offices. So as far as I'm concerned, I can say any gosh darn thing I want to say, and I'm going to say it as long as I choose to say it. No! No. Williams Lindsay. <laughs> that was that was the Pennsylvania State Legislature kicking the lieutenant governor out of and you can see you can hear how well he took it. <laughs> Chris, do not throw that away. We're playing that again before the show's over. <laughs> Look, it's funny. You know what? Chris, I want it again right now. I want it again right now. Obviously, a takeover of the government. That is totally inappropriate. Williams, against the violation of their offices. So as far as I'm concerned, I can say any gosh darn thing I want to say, and I'm going to say it as long as I choose to say it. No! <laughs> I can't no. Help it. No! <laughs> I mean, look, what are we going to do? Focus on the fact that that legislature... Uh, they're making the election laws in one of, if not the most critical swing states in the United States of America. I mean, that's Pennsylvania. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I mean, look, these are, these are politicians. This is how politicians are. So this is how they are. This is who they are. I, you know somebody who's a politician, or you know someone who knows someone who's a politician. Probably not in Congress or Senate or something like that, but State House, City Council. What, what kind of person has that person always been? Be honest with yourself. What kind of person has that person always been? You got a high school with him? College with him? He seemed like a really normal dude to you? It takes a different kind of person to run for office. There's there, Politicians, man, sometimes you can spot them a mile away. And not only can you spot them, they actually get worse when they get there just by the nature of the beast. All right. I saw this headline from the Post Millennial. 
And initially, I was just going to blow it off. But then I, I, I went thinking about it a little more. The headline is this. Three Grammy nominees declined their own nominations because they're white. Alistar Mook, Dog on Fleas. Wait, that's a that's a person's name, Dog on Fleas. Oh man. And the Okie Dokie brothers have all declined their nominations. No, Dog on Fleas must be the name of the group, Chris. Gosh. Mook, blah, 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 blah. After this year, to have an all-white slate of nominees seems really tone deaf. I, this way of thinking is a disease. And if this was limited by three wingnut musicians, I would not be worried. But it's important for you and I to understand this way of thinking is worming its way through every single cultural institution in the United States of America. They teach it in the FBI. You remember when I went off about a month ago when the commander of U.S. Special Operations came out and said diversity and inclusion is our strength. It's not just the churches they've infiltrated with this crap. It's all the schools. It's This is how people think now. And you need to understand the commies got involved in the civil rights movement for a reason. What's that reason? Well, talk about that in just a second. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. There is a reason, and we're going to talk about this judge banning the Proud Boys leader from Washington, which is unbelievable. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But there's a reason the commies infiltrated the civil rights movement. Clear back in the 60s, they did. They recognized, to their credit, very early on, 
They could use the good hearts of people who did want equality for all, who did want justice for all. They could use those good hearts to worm their agenda through our society. And it is everywhere now. This racial grievance crap you see everywhere, it's all just moving the left's agenda forward. That's all it is. They're not helping the lives of black people. If you look at the murder statistics after Black Lives Matter came storming through, they're killing black people. But they know nobody wants to be seen as racist, God. So they'll step aside for all this garbage. And now we've infected people with self-hate. It's awful. It's awful. All right. Judge is banning someone from D.C. We'll talk about that in the Jacob Blake stuff. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Is, is with me now from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I mean, Rosa, first off, I saw this this morning. I want to cont- uh, commend you on keeping your composure. And for our viewers who are not familiar with the totality of your reporting on coronavirus in Florida, I think maybe one of the reasons the governor might have been frustrated is that you have been a tireless questioner of Governor DeSantis as Florida has had a number of issues with its coronavirus response, which might be part of the reason why he was being such an ass. Instead of just answering your question at a time when Floridians need answers and their health and their lives are at listen, stake. Listen to what passes as news today. <laughs> Gosh, we are screwed. All right. Judge bans. This is from New York Post. Judge bans Proud Boys leader from Washington after arrest. Proud Boys is that right wing uh, group of dudes. Seems like a good group of dudes. I, I don't know them. I, look here, full disclosure. I'm going to claim a little ignorance because I don't know them. I don't know any of them personally. I've never been involved in the group. I don't know them, but. From what I understand, there are dudes on the right who essentially go to gigantic rallies and really just guard people. It's a bunch of men. They guard people. No, by the way, I do know enough to know it's not some white supremacist group. The guy we're about to talk about, I think, is black and Mexican. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not a white supremacist group. It's just a bunch of dudes on the right who are starting to stand up a little more physically to leftist street violence. All right. A judge has banned the leader of Proud Boys, a far-right extremist group. These people, far-right extremist. Anybody, anybody to the right of the middle is an extremist group now. You notice the leftist groups aren't extremist groups. And you know what? Hang on a second on this story. I have to get something off my chest. Where's Bill Barr? I know 
I understand we're supposed to be focusing on everything else right now. I get it. I get it. There's Georgia election. I'm supposed to talk about this story here, and I'm, and I'm going to do all that. But where's Bill Barr? What? Let me ask you something. It wasn't that long ago, so I'm sure you remember. I know I remember. Remember when Black Lives Matter and Antifa were committing terrorism in American cities for months, murdering people, looting, burning, terrorism, absolute terrorism in the streets of America. Now, let me ask you this. Where have the arrests been for the leaders and funders of this domestic terrorist movement? Where's the big... Where's the big Justice Department crackdown on the people who organized and funded this movement? Anyone? Anybody? Which actually leads me right back to my point here. A judge has banned the leader of Proud Boys of the Proud Boys, a far-right extremist group from the nation's capital after he was accused of vandalizing a Black Lives Matter banner at a historic black church and found with a high co- and found with high capacity firearm magazines when he was arrested the order bans Henry Enrique Terrio 36 from entering the district of Columbia with very limited exceptions to meet with his attorney or appear in court It comes a day after he was arrested, arriving in Washington ahead of protests planned by supporters of President Donald Trump to coincide with the congressional vote expected Wednesday to affirm Joe Biden's election victory. Terrio was arrested Monday by the Metropolitan Police Department and accused of burning a Black Lives Matter banner that was torn down from a historic black church in downtown Washington. He was charged with destruction of property and is also facing a weapons charge, blah, 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 blah. Antifa has not been banned. Black Lives Matter has not been banned. The dude on the right has been banned. Leading me right back to what I was talking about, and I actually didn't even mean to do this. Sometimes my genius, Chris, some, what? You have to under, see, let me explain this to producer Chris and everybody else. When you have such a huge community college brain like I do, sometimes your genius actually outpaces your mind, if that makes sense. So you'll start into something, and then you'll just think of something else without even realizing it. You tie it all together. I know I'm not going to tell you what my GPA was, Chris. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. You don't know how hard algebra was at community college. Anyway, which brings me back to my point in all seriousness about Barr and all these guys. Um. The law, law enforcement, DOJ, FBI, big city police departments, they seem to be protecting the left and going after the right only. That's a really, really, really big deal. That is a really, really, really big deal. And part of my frustration with Trump and Barr is why didn't any of this change while you were in office? 
I mean, th- look, I'm not telling you that I want the the Republican AG to only target and go after leftist groups. I, I, I don't I don't want them to going after any specific political group for political reasons. I mean, obviously, that's what the leftist AGs do, but I don't want them doing that. But we had leftist street terrorism organized, funded in major U.S. cities. Murders in untold amounts of destruction of property and no arrests. I'm not talking about some minor street arrest. I mean, the people putting this all together, no arrests. Where's the big investigation? Where's the big takedown? Are are we only reserving those for people on the right? This is what I'm talking about when I say it's getting dangerous out there. When I say it's getting dangerous out there, this is what I'm talking about, man. You can't you can't have this go on forever. If people begin to feel, and they're way past beginning to feel this way, if people feel like the deck is stacked against them, there is no justice to be found anywhere. If people feel like the haves are protected, the have-nots do not, they... They move on. Just just like the Ottoman Empire I talked about at the beginning of the show. At the beginning of the show, our history story today was how the Ottoman Empire ended World War I and so on. And how the Muslim countries moved on when the Ottomans stopped being strong enough to protect them. If people feel like there's no protection involved and being a part of America, part of the American system, they will break away from it painfully. They will. That's not a radical thing to say. That's the history of mankind. That is the history of mankind. Chris, you know what? Play me the Pennsylvania legislature again. I need more of it. I need more of it. And don't lose it. We may play it twice. Of the Senate, a motion has been made to invoke Section 576 of Mason's Manual, a legislative procedure to replace Lieutenant Governor President, who refused to perform Mr. the duty. Mr. President, I have in totally objected to this. Under it is Article not in control of the Senate. Constitution. It is not being acquiesced. Question, we are not changing the process. Section the chair changes the rules as we move along. Replace the Lieutenant that is Governor inappropriate. With the you are breaking the Constitution and the laws the of the Commonwealth and violating the oath of office you've actually taken. There's nothing about this day that is appropriate. Nothing. And we will not lay down and roll over because you got more, four, more, more, four, four more folks on that side of the aisle. This is about Pennsylvanians, not Democrats or Republicans. This is not about simply winning. It's about protecting our democracy. That's what this is. Aye. Arnold. Aye. Almond. Aye. There's no roll call vote, Mr. President. It has not been acknowledged. It has Baker. not been recognized. It is inappropriate to uh, do such. Aye. We will not participate in this farce. Bartolotta. Aye. Williams. Anthony H. Mr. President, I don't know what the hell we're doing. I'm not sure why we're voting. We've crossed the bridge. We've broken all sorts of rules today. I don't know what we're saying yes to or no to because this is a violation of the process. The gentleman who sits in the, in, in the podium, the rostrum, is still the presiding That's officer Anthony of the H. Senate. And any such indication of otherwise is obviously a takeover of the government. That is totally inappropriate Williams, against the Anthony violation H. of their offices. So as far as I'm concerned, I can say any gosh darn thing I want to say, and I'm going to say it as long as I choose to say it. No! No. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about a creepy message from a terrorist. Hang on. 
No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Remember, you can find me, Jesse Kelly, on Twitter at Jesse Kelly DC. You can find the show. It has its own handle on Twitter at Jesse Kelly Show. Chris runs that. You can find me on Instagram at Jesse Kelly DC. I'm on Parlor. I'm on Facebook. I'm everywhere. Really, Chris. What? It's important that people know how important I am. I'm a huge. Huge, important celebrity. You wouldn't know anything about it. All right. I'm so, I'll probably have to sign autographs just walking to the bathroom after this. <laughs> I actually had this funny idea once. I don't know that it was funny, but my wife hated it, so I automatically assumed it was funny. For Christmas cards. You know how women love to send out Christmas cards? There would never be a Christmas card sent out if it wasn't for women. Yeah, which is odd when you think about it, the whole Christmas card thing. Hey, Merry Christmas. Here's a picture of my family. I wanted to do just a picture of me and autograph each one of them and send them out. <laughs> I, I wanted to do it as a gag. The wife flat out refused. So lame. So lame. It would have been hilarious. It would have absolutely been hilarious, but... Apparently she thought everyone would think it was cocky or something like that. I know. <laughs> I know. Look, if I don't seem like I'm down today, I mean, obviously I've had a couple moments where my blood pressure's up. It's because I'm not, man. I, I wasn't trying to put a brave face on it for you. I've been telling you for a long time, a long before we lost the House, the House presidency and Senate, I've been telling you. Dude, we've lost the culture war. It's already lost. Stop lying to yourself that it's, oh, it's, it's any, we might take it back any second. Now, that's a lie. That's a lie. No, that's not true. That's not true. The truth is, we lost the churches. We lost the schools. Because we lost the churches and lost the schools, we lost the culture war. That, however, is not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. All that means is we have to take them back. It means we have to take them back. But it is important to understand we're starting from scratch. We have to start from scratch to take them back. That's, that's where we are. 
That's not to bring you down. It's we're never going to take them back if we don't acknowledge where we are. That's why the silent majority thing always bothered me so much. Because it was it was almost like this gigantic lie we were telling ourselves. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of them, but there's a lot of us too. And uh, I mean, we have Trump there. So that proves, I mean, the country's going pretty red. That's a lie. And it's not going to get redder because they control the supply lines. They control the supply lines of our next generation and have for some time. We must take back those supply lines or we're finished. The church gone down the crapper with this woke leftism stuff. That's how they infiltrated mine. Of course, they're never going to infiltrate like a church like mine, the one I left. They're never going to infiltrate that with taxes or climate change. But leftists are brilliant and that they figured out, well, wait a minute. We'll just use race. Don't you love Jesus? Jesus would love equality. You better love. That's how they got in. Uh, suckered my pastor right in. Oh, okay. I, you're right. I, I am white. That is bad. You're, that's what Jesus would say. Yeah. That's how they got in. And our schools, man. Our schools. They matter a lot. I see it from people on the right, pundits on the right, that have come through the school system, and they have this, this view of the world of America that is so horribly warped. It's just terrible. Terrible. And speaking of people on the right, I'm specifically talking about pundits on the right. I am so baffled by something they do all the time. And I see it. You really see it today. If you're on social media at all or any one of the right-wing news sites, you'll see a ton of this today. People who are pundits on the right, you know, a writer, radio guy, TV guy, whatever, They love talking down to their base. They really view themselves as being above their base. And more than just talking down to them, they love belittling them. There are a ton of pundits on the right today. They're they're excited. I told you stupid idiots Trump was going to cost you. You're so stupid. Maybe you'll stop being stupid now. What is that? That is such a bizarre way of viewing the world. And credit to the left, you never see the left-wing pundits talk to their base like that. Never. It's a matter, it's a matter of course, for the Republican base. They love it. It's just, it, it, I don't know what that mentality is, but it's really, really unhealthy. Now, I realize part of that is everyone's kind of coping today. Everyone has their own way of coping with losses It's kind of a bitter pill to swallow. You wake up, you don't have the House, you don't have the Senate, you don't have the presidency. That's not good. So people are coping, but that is not good. That is not good. New York air traffic controllers hear a message threatening to avenge the death of Soleimani. That's Kasem or Kasem Soleimani, that guy, the Iranian guy we nuked with a missile. Yes, we nuked him with a sword missile. Wait, he's not the guy we nuked with a sword missile, is he, Chris? Oh, he was. I forget what it's I want to say an R9. That might not be right. There's a missile out there. Jewish producer Chris would get me it. There's a missile out there 
that in order to avoid collateral damage, I'm not making this up, they put swords on it, swords that pop out as it's about to hit. So it does. it's not there really to explode. It's there to, yeah, slice you up. I think you're wrong about that, though. I think we did blow up Soleimani and we sword-missiled somebody else. But I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. You're, you're wrong, but you're always wrong. At least you're kind of right this time. Anyway, back to my story. A digitized message threatening to avenge the death of former Iranian military commander Qasem Soleimani was heard by several New York air traffic controllers on Monday. The message aired in the suspected breach of aviation frequencies was sent exactly one year after Soleimani was killed in a U.S. drone strike ordered by President Trump, CBS News reported. Quote, we are flying a plane into the Capitol on Wednesday. Soleimani will be avenged, end quote. That's what the message said. How creepy is that, Chris? Oof. We do, we do kind of forget and blow off Iran because Iran's not our equal, even close to it economically, militarily. They're not. But they are the largest state sponsor of terror. They are by a mile. And remember, all it takes is one desperate dude to do something. One desperate dude. It's nuts to think about. All right. We have David Williams coming up next. David Williams, he's going to go over some of the waste of this federal government. And my word, (laughs) it's really bad. All right, hang on. It's Dr. David. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com, they do things differently. They're not interested in only just trying to sell you some CBD. They're interested in selling you the best CBD. And look, let's talk about this for a minute. The founders of Doctors Trusted CBD, they've been doing natural medicine for over two decades. When they say they've researched the industry and found the best CBD, these are people who know what they're talking about. And look... Who doesn't struggle with sleeplessness sometimes, joint pain sometimes, anxiety sometimes? You can't believe how many products are available, how many different kinds of products are available at DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Go look at everything they have. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. While you're there, I'm going to save you some money. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 5% off and a free lip balm. DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Well, on a day where there's plenty of bad news to go around, (laughs) we might as well... We might as well focus on all the money of ours they're blowing. So allow me to welcome in David Williams. He's the president of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance. David, people pay attention every year, at least I hope they do, when Rand Paul goes off on his festivist report about government waste. But honestly, I, I listen every year when people lay these things out, and I'm shocked every single year. How do... 
How do these things make it into the bills? Yeah, it's crazy. And thanks for having me. But this is outrageous is that every year Senator Rand Paul does this and you know, only a few people pay attention, people like us, right? We're the ones that read this report and get really upset. We, you know, see $1.5 million to watch a lizard walk on a treadmill. Now, listen, on YouTube, that's probably really cool. You know, I could probably watch that, but I don't want to pay for it as a taxpayer. I mean, therein lies the problem. And yet, you know, this goes really unnoticed by you know, way too many people. And, you know, we can laugh and have a good time about some of this ridiculous spending, but these are the easy things to get rid of. We have bigger fish to fry. We have entitlement spending. We have a lot of spending in this country that we need to get under control. And if we can't get that lizard off of a treadmill, how are we going to address entitlement reform? (sighs) Explain something to me, David, because you're, you're the expert on this and I am not. I can't ever seem to figure out how do these things actually get into the bill that gets signed into law when, I mean, 99.9% of Americans, when you bring them up, even even leftists look at these things and they're horrified. So if nobody wants them, how do they get there? There's no oversight happening in Congress right now. You have these, you know, 5,000, 10,000 page bills that Congress has less than 24 hours to review. And then the spending just goes right out the door, and you have the different agencies that are spending this money, and there is no oversight by Congress. There's no oversight by any of the internal watchdogs, whether it's the GAO, the CBO, all the acronyms you know, we can talk about. The problem is no one is, is watching, and we find out after the fact. And that's what's frustrating to me is I want to know before this happens so we can stop it before it happens. Uh, but we never get that opportunity, and that's why we're saddled with right now a $27 trillion debt. Is there a way to get the American people to understand, and I understand that's part of what you do, is there a way to get people to understand it's their money? I've always found that to be a huge disconnect when I try to explain to people. I mean, like you said, we can laugh about gender studies, money going to Pakistan, but That's your money, David. It's my money. People don't seem to make that connection. So people seem to understand this when the Tea Party was formed a number of years ago. And I don't know why it's not happening now, because we're spending even more money now. I mean, look at last year with the relief bills. We had a I mean, we had trillions of dollars. And, you know, right now, the benchmark, we're starting at a trillion dollars. There's no longer billions. You know, that's that's so passe to talk about billions. It's trillions. And You know, last year, Robert De Niro, Kanye West got money for their, quote, small businesses. You know, these are two individuals that are worth billions of dollars, and they receive money from taxpayers. And the relief checks last year, I don't know if you saw this, but the IRS sent checks to dead people, billions of dollars of checks to dead people, the the $1,200 checks. Here's why they did it. The IRS said, no one told us we couldn't. There was. No critical thinking inside of the Internal Revenue Service where someone, not one person said, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. I mean, that's all it would take is one person to say, huh, maybe we shouldn't send a check to a dead person. But there's no critical thinking going on in the government right now. Are there people who genuinely want this to stop or is it about, I mean, I mean, people in Congress, is it it about four of them who genuinely care? Because – Again, if nobody can defend this stuff, 
then why are they not taking it out? And, and like when you, when you brought up earlier that they don't have any time to read it, well, can't they give themselves more time? Who's putting a time limit on it? Oh, no, it's completely the fault of Congress. I mean, because they should have gotten this done, you know, months ago, and they always wait until the last minute. And listen, the last minute is always Christmas. I mean, they always do this to us. And this is, you know, Congress complains, oh, we have to work on a weekend right before Christmas. Well, yeah, because you didn't get this done when you should have gotten this done. And the way to, to make them more accountable is to vote them out. <laughs> it's just once their election is on the line, once they think that there's going to be a primary th- a threat or a general election threat, that's when they start changing. And, you know, it, 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 it's what happened with earmarks. You know, we had the bridge to nowhere. Boy, that was, you know, 2005 or 2006. And what we did is we shamed them. We shamed them to get rid of the bridge to nowhere. It was one project, man, but it was symbolic of, you know, you have to make fun of them. You have to embarrass members of Congress. It's not easy because they don't embarrass easily. But ultimately, when Election Day comes, that's the ultimate is vote them out and bring people in that really care about what's happening to taxpayers. David, we hear a lot about the corporate tax rate, and obviously, especially now, we can assume Joe Biden is going to raise the corporate tax rate, but sometimes there's a disconnect. People shrug their shoulders. Well, I'm not a corporation. I'm just do this, do that. Why does that matter when the corporate tax rate goes up? It matters so much because you have corporations that will leave this country. They will go to Canada. They will go to Ireland. They will go anywhere that has a lower tax rate. And what that means is they will hire people in those countries, that they will lay off people in this country. And when President Trump and when, you know, signed that tax bill in 2017, it was a jolt to the economy. You had bonuses. You had uh, companies coming back and setting up shops. So you really cannot underestimate the impact of cutting the corporate tax rate because this money, you know, goes to people. And guess what? When you raise taxes, companies don't pay taxes. People do because companies will just raise their prices. So they pass tax increases on to us, the consumer. So it, you know, there's a double whammy here that the companies that do stay here, well, guess what? Things are be more expensive and some are going to leave. And we saw this, we saw this in the Obama administration where Burger King went to Canada and they, you know, quote, inverted with Tim Hortons. It's a fancy name for leaving the country and an inversion. But that's what they did. They took their business elsewhere. And right now the world is competitive. It's a, it's a global market and we have to remain competitive in this country with a lower corporate tax rate. Okay. What else does it mean when a, when, when a business goes overseas, but you can still buy their products here? Why would I care? I, what do I care where Burger King went? Because you, you may be buying the products, but the people making the products are not located in this country. So you're really hurting your manufacturing base. And that's really the ultimate you know, problem here is that unemployment will go up and we're going to see that sort of issue. And, you know, and, and, and Joe Biden says, well, I'm not going to raise taxes over anyone making $400,000 a year. So, so what, is, what does that mean? If you're a business and you're making $350,000, do you stop? because you don't want to pay the increased taxes. I mean, this is discouraging innovation. It's discouraging entrepreneurship. It's discouraging hard work. And that's my problem is that 
when you raise taxes, you're giving the government more of your money. Why can't we just keep it? I mean, what's so wrong with us keeping our money, whether you're a mom and pop small business or a larger company and you invest back into your company? Why can't we keep it? That's 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 a question I have. David Williams, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. Please come back soon. That was outstanding. Thank you. Headline. Kenosha police officers will not be charged in the shooting of Jacob Blake, prosecutor says, as it happened. This is from TheGuardian.com. We're going to talk about this really briefly when we come back. It's, It's time to have a talk. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. In a move shocking nobody, the police officer who shot and paralyzed Jacob Blake is not going to be charged with a crime. Obviously, he's not going to be charged with a crime. The guy was resisting arrest, had a weapon in his hands. Clearly, he's not going to be charged with a crime. That's not the point. I'm not even going to dwell on that. My point is this. All the people who lied to you and stirred up anger and stirred up a bunch of rage, looting, murder, burning, rioting, all those people pushing lies in the wake of Jacob Blake getting shot, not one of them will step up today and say, hey, I was wrong. Not a single one of them. You remember that loser Drew Brees? Quarterback for the Saints? wore Jacob Blake's name on his helmet. Jacob Blake, the sex offender who was violently resisting arrest with a knife in his hands, an NFL quarterback wore his name on his helmet. And you know what we'll hear from Drew Brees today? You know what we'll hear? Nothing. Won't have a single thing to say. Won't be man enough to step up and say, ugh. 
Man, I guess I shouldn't have white-guilted my way into saying something stupid. My bad. Won't hear a thing. Nobody. The media, all the absurd headlines they ran, Jacob Blake murdered, and these you won't hear anything from them today about it. Nothing. That drives me crazy, man. Yet Rand Paul's annual Festivus report reveals how government forked over millions to universities for ridiculous studies. Stanford University used a National Cancer Institute grant to create a smart toilet which uses artificial intelligence, a fingerprint scanner, and multiple cameras for, and I quote, long-term analysis of a user's excreta, end quote. The data is then stored in a digital cloud. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and read all that again, and I just need you to breathe all that in. Pardon the pun. Stanford University used a National Cancer Institute grant to create a smart toilet which uses artificial intelligence a fingerprint scanner and multiple cameras for the long-term analysis of a user's excreta. The data is then stored in a digital cloud. Um, okay, first of all, let's, let's, let's walk through this here. Uh, a fingerprint scanner? I, I'm going to have to scan my fingerprint? Before I can go to the John. Okay, all right. You know, let's set that. Let's set that part aside for a moment. Multiple cameras. Okay, a camera is weird. Obviously, extremely weird. I think it's also against the law, but a camera is weird. Multiple cameras. How are you supposed to relax? And do your thing if you have multiple cameras looking at you. And let's be honest here. They're not going to be positioned above the toilet looking down at you. The cameras clearly have to be down below, right? How am I supposed to relax like that? And, you know, they say uploaded to a digital cloud. How many times have you read a story about hackers hacking the cloud somewhere? This cloud gets hacked or that cloud gets hacked? Do you honestly expect me to be comfortable with that kind of information going online? <laughs> what is wrong with these people? I'm sorry. It was supposed to be about waste. I just couldn't get off that. The report also notes that the National Institute of Health gave researchers at Colorado State University, the University of Wisconsin, and University of Michigan over $1.3 million to study whether consumers like the taste of cricket powder in their foods. <laughs> Gosh. This is – I shouldn't laugh because I was just talking to Dave Williams about it. I shouldn't laugh because it's our money. But what, are, what else are you supposed to do with this ridiculous? I, what are we going to do? The NIH also shell also shut up, Chris. Also shelled out nearly 1.5 million dollars to Florida International University, which collaborated with American University in Beirut. Chris, we have an American University in Beirut. I don't. I don't. I don't. 
and the University of Tunis, 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 to develop heartwarming labels for health warning labels for hookah pipes to test their effectiveness in getting 18 to 25 year old people living in the Eastern Mediterranean and Middle East to to stop smoking from water pipes. <laughs> Gosh, this. You know what's crazy? Here's what's really crazy, though. And and I love David Williams. He's a great guest, and he's going to be back on. So this, I'm not just talking about him. But you know what's really nuts about this stuff? What drives me crazy? I'll tell you in a second. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Something is something we're gonna have to accept here. We're gonna have to accept. Sorry to get sidetracked here for a moment. We're gonna have to accept the next two to four years are gonna suck. They are. They're gonna suck. This waste is really bad. But back to what I was saying. What drives me nuts is, I mean, you heard me ask David Williams. You, if you listen to this show regularly, you've heard me ask a thousand people, who puts these things in the bill? Give me specifics. Okay, gender studies in Pakistan. You're mad. Who puts these things in the bills? Nobody knows. Members of Congress don't know. Think tanks don't know. Nobody can give me an answer. How is that possible? Maybe we'll dig into that more. All right. Chin up. We march on. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show.
you don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.